listening to A to Z Sports powered by TennesseeTickets.com. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A to Z Sports, like our Facebook page at A to Z Sports Nashville. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 central time. Uh, so make sure you, you follow us everywhere, including Instagram. Got to thank our sponsors because they really do uh, make our show happen and also help you guys out, including our title sponsor, TennesseeTickets.com. I mentioned already, I'll say it once again, I'll say it many times more. Save $30 off your AFC Championship tickets, Titans versus Chiefs, not with just AZ10, but AFC30. AFC30 is how you save $30 off uh, your tickets at TennesseeTickets.com. You're already going to save a lot of money at TennesseeTickets.com because they had the best prices. Not StubHub, not Ticketmaster, not Vivid Seats, not anything else you go to. TennesseeTickets.com. Don't buy your tickets anywhere else. And promo code AFC30. AFC30 for more savings at TennesseeTickets.com. Renters Warehouse is where to go. RentersWarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. Because selling your house is a one-time transaction. Renting your house out does two things. You create an extra cash flow for you and your family, and you continue to build equity in the home that you already own. Renters Warehouse does all the work for you. RentersWarehouse.com and Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness 15-minute workout simulates five-plus hours in the weight room because of full-body electronic muscle stimulation. That science, along with the science of the in-body analysis, Analysis shows you exactly how to achieve your fitness goals in 2020. Use the science. It's there for you. Mandu.com. Your first workout absolutely is free. So, Zach, we're going to talk a lot about John Robinson on this show. I, I've been thinking and I've come up with a lot of different decisions and moves that John Robinson has made over the course of his tenure when he took over in January of 2016. So he's been on the job for right at four years and it's taken those four years, nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, and the Titans are in the AFC Championship game for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. One went away. One went away from traveling to Miami and winning their first Super Bowl in franchise history. Now, you got to get through Kansas City, and that's happening this Sunday afternoon. It's going to be a it's going to be a cold game. So if you are going to go, don't forget that Tennessee tickets promo code AFC30. But I'm going to go back into the time machine. We're going to ask you guys what was the most important move out of all of the moves that John Robinson has made since he took the job as general manager. You know, this is his first time ever being a general manager in the NFL. He's gone through some ups and downs. He's sure. hit on guys. He's missed on guys, just like we would expect. But he has his team on the cusp, on the precipice of a Super Bowl. That is unbelievable if you think about not Marcus Mariota, not a lot of different things, but this team that we've seen over the last several weeks, I think they are primed and ready to face KC and possibly get that Super Bowl bid. Now, I, I want to start with this because this is not a singular act. Austin's got six kind of singular acts of what John Robinson has done. Mine kind of goes towards a vision because I think this was the biggest move. It was a deciding factor when he took the job of this is what I want the football team to be. Now, we're going to listen to some audio. When he says Mike, he's not talking about Vrabel. He's talking about Mike Malarkey because this is the introductory press conference of John Robinson several years ago. Listen to what John Robinson wanted to do when he first was hired as GM. Our goal here is to win. Bottom line. That's a measuring stick that all franchisers, all franchises are measured by. Mike and I have an aligned vision of what we want this team to look like. We want tough players. We want coachable players. We want smart players. And most importantly, we want players with a team-first attitude. Right there. I think that over the last several years, John Robinson has attained. I mean, he's won. They're physical. They have a team-first attitude. And you know what? Rashard Matthews, who didn't have a team-first attitude, he was gone, right? They got rid of the guys that didn't have that mentality, yeah. didn't have that vision that aligned with what John Robinson wanted to do. I think that statement 
was the singularly most important thing that happened to this franchise because they accomplished that goal. If you look at the landscape of this weekend, and I think it's important, you could actually look at the landscape of this past weekend too. All of the teams that are successful and how they've gotten to that point, whether it was the divisional round or the championship round, they've kind of played on some finesse. They've played on some star power at quarterback. They've played on some flashy plays, some speedsters. They've played on uh, not great defenses. Look, we're going to talk about Kansas City tomorrow. Kansas City's run defense is slaw. It's not very good. But they've got Patrick Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. On the other side of the NFC, you've got Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo. The previous week, Lamar Jackson, flashy, read option, MVP. You've got Deshaun Watson, who can make plays with his legs all over the field. Those That is not necessarily the vision that John Robinson talked about. The Titans are winning in a completely different fashion, in a completely different style, but the measuring stick of what John Robinson has accomplished, it is age old. It, it, it is undefeated. If you run the football and play good defense, you can put yourself in position to play for a Super Bowl championship. So I think that was the singular most important statement and vision that John Robinson had on why they are here at this point going into this weekend. Tough, coachable, smart, team-first attitude. Scott says he's hit on all four of those. Chad says, well, he's built exactly that, what he described. Uh, I love that. Say what you mean and mean what you said. If you look at press conferences, press conferences are a lot of big words, a lot of meaningful, strong statements like, tough, coachable, smart, team-first attitude players. That's not like unique to John Robinson saying those type of things. But the fact that he's actually been able to follow up on all four of those attributes, and you have, like, Logan Ryan is all of those. All of those. And that was a very key part of what he wanted to do. And I think one of the first moves that he made set the standard uh, for what John Robinson was going to do. And that first move was trading for DeMarco Murray. That was important just to set the culture, set a standard and an identity to the football team that he wanted. Trading for DeMarco Murray like literally um, weeks after he got the job. And it was a great deal, right? On top of that, I mean, he he he, gave up 13 spots in the fourth round to get the leading rusher in the AFC the following year. Right. So A to Z Sports here live on a Wednesday. Want to get your opinion on this. What has been the most important decision John Robinson has made in his four years as Titans GM to make the Titans a Super Bowl contender? We want the one, the most important decision John Robinson has made. But first, Zach is going to tell you guys how to save money on your AFC championship tickets. Yes, you want to go to KC, you want to see, you want to go to Arrowhead and see the two-tone blue possibly go to the Super Bowl for the first time in decades. It's very easy. We are going to save you money. AZ10, don't use that for that game. Use AFC30. You will save $30 off your ticket prices. And you you sat there, and, and Austin said at the beginning of the show, he compared you compared to StubHub and Ticketmaster, they will fee you. Ticket uh, Tennessee tickets will not fee you. Okay. What you see is what you get. AFC30. AFC30 is the promo code. If you want to go to the game, you want to find tickets. Look, ticket prices will probably fluctuate over the next several days. You know what will not fluctuate? AFC30. $30 off of your ticket purchase. Make sure you get that that discount at TennesseeTickets.com. All right, A to Z Sports here live on this Wednesday. TennesseeTickets.com. Steph says, not being complacent in getting rid of stubborn Mike Malarkey is the most important decision uh, that John Robinson has made. Zach, what comments do you I, I want to read four straight comments. Ooh. Victor says, has to be hiring Mike Vrabel and firing Mike Malarkey. Cameron says, hiring Mike Vrabel. Orlando says, that was Vrabel. Uh, we got a couple signing Tannehill. Tim says firing Mike Malarkey after a playoff win. Uh, we've got a top fan that says good discounts. You'll get a like for that. That's absolutely Not right. Good discounts, good to great discounts. That's good to great. We've yeah. We start- AFC thirty gives you good to great discounts. TennesseeTickets.com. Ab- that's absolutely right. Tory says the Jared Goff trade for picks. He says that was the biggest move. 
OD says it was Derrick Henry. The Rams trade from Orlando. Drafting Derrick Henry replaced Bridge running back DeMarco Murray from Rashad. Mikey says firing Mike Malarkey after winning the playoff game. Many teams are fine with just uh, with with what they are. Firing Mike told him that they wanted to be better than just good. Yeah. Uh, Skyler's coming in with the uniform change. He thought that that... <laughs> I, look, that impacted them probably getting the NFL draft in Nashville, but Skyler, you're entitled to your opinion. Draft decisions overall from Josh. Getting Mike Vrabel from Phillip. Uh, his offseason moves from Jason. Trading out of the number one overall pick from Tyrell. I mean, there's this is kind of the best part of this conversation is diagnosing what all John Robinson has done since he took the job to the AFC Championship game on Sunday afternoon in Arrowhead. He has made a lot of moves to get to that point. Now, the one thing yeah. that's been consistent is nine and seven. Yes, nine and seven. But it's not where you nine, finish. It's yeah. where you finish in the postseason. Right. If you make it there, not necessarily the regular season. All right. So I've got six things that John Robinson did that got the Titans to being Super Bowl contenders, and most of my six have been listed uh, here by you guys in the comment section. So I'm going to go through these briefly in chronological order so you guys can see how right you are with a lot of your comments and then we'll get to our singular most important decision from John Robinson. The first one, I already mentioned it, trading for DeMarco Murray and then drafting Derrick Henry to create the identity for this team. That was very important because the Titans were lost with no identity for a couple of years there with Wisenhunt, with uh, with Mike Munchak. They didn't know that. what the hell they were doing. Correct. The second on this in uh, chronological order is is the Rams draft trade. Here are the players that John Robinson got directly from that Rams trade. Jack Conklin, Derek Henry, Austin Johnson, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith. Uh, so that's number two. Number three is firing Malarkey to hire Mike Vrabel. It takes the strong culture that Malarkey had built and development to the next level. Mike Vrabel and his staff are doing way different things. And they look, I, I want to credit Mike Malarkey for doing what he did and cleaning up the mess that Ken Withenhunt left because that was very important. The fourth for me is massive contract extensions for Jarrell Casey, Taylor Lewan, and Kevin Byard because that is important because that creates a level of trust in the locker room for the front office that the locker room knows if you perform, you get rewarded, not with just a long-term extension, but like record-breaking money. Lawan, highest-paid offensive lineman in the NFL when his contract came out. Byard, highest-paid safety in the NFL when his contract came out. Jarrell Casey, not the highest-paid D lineman, but still, 60 million bucks. And that there's other contracts like Vaccaro getting 24 mil and, and, and on and on about that. And we'll see what happens with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill later on. The fifth is the Ryan Tannehill trade. Rarely, you know, everybody's got insurance, right? We've got car insurance, we've got home insurance, we've got renter's insurance, we've got health insurance. Rarely do we actually act on that insurance to save our lives. The Ryan Tannehill insurance policy turned lifesaver this year for John Robinson and Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. And the sixth thing here on my list in chronological order is the 2019 draft class. Typically, if you hit 30% of your draft picks, you're doing pretty good as a GM. How about hitting on Jeffrey Simmons, A.J. Brown, Nate Davis, uh, Amani Hooker, and David Long? That's five out of your six. DeAndre Walker, who you drafted injured, went on injured reserve in training camp, and you got him in the fifth round because of his injury. He was a third-round prospect. That is insane. This rookie class is impacting this team so hugely right now in all aspects. All five of those guys are making big impacts. So that is my list of six things. Now, what's the most important in, in, out of these six? That's a, that's a big conversation. Do you have your answer? I do, yeah. I, I have my answer as well. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I thought you did a, a very good job of you basically told the Titans story of when they were really, really bad to them being really, really good. They're really good. They're great. I, I'll just say it. I, I, they, they're a great football team. To get to an AFC championship game and beat the Houston Texans and, and beat the New England Patriots and beat the the best team in the NFL and the Baltimore Ravens on the road, yeah. like that's impressive uh, consecutive weeks. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs early on in the year. Now, the most important game is Sunday afternoon. Now, Jamo brings something up on Periscope. He says, you got to give credit to John Robinson for moving away from his mistakes in a quick fashion. True. 
Kevin Dodd moved away quickly. He cut DeMarco Murray when it was the correct time to move on from DeMarco Murray. He moved on from Josh Klein. That was a, a good move. He as cut well. Parrish Cox midseason he, after the Bears game. He traded away Doriel Green Beckham for Dennis Kelly. He got rid of Justin Hunter. He let Rashard Matthews walk. He let Kendall Wright walk. So many good decisions there. And you know as, why? Why is that? Because those guys, and I'll just I'm just gonna have to call out two of them. And one, I we we had good relationships with actually both of them in the locker room, but. What he just said, I, I want to replay this because okay. I'm this is I'm going to solidify my point because it makes a lot of sense. And John Robinson has said what he it means and he has meant what he said. This is John Robinson his introductory press conference. I'm going to have this come full circle after we listen to this one more time. Our goal here is to win. Bottom line, that's a measuring stick that all franchisers all franchises are measured by. Mike and I have an aligned vision of what we want this team to look like. We want tough players. We want coachable players. We want smart players. And most importantly, we want players with a team-first attitude. Singularly, Doriel Green Beckham didn't have any of those attributes. Yes. That's why he was traded. And, like, any of them. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 but he's a second round pick. Yeah. High, high like they took a chance on him, but that's the reason why. And look, a lot of a lot of things happened to kind of switch this franchise mm -hmm. and you named him, but getting Dennis Kelly, he has helped this franchise so many times. When Lawan goes down for PEDs, the first four games, I mean, imagine not having Dennis Kelly. I know they didn't start out real well, but imagine not having that tackle. Doriel Green Beckham didn't didn't represent. You said front office can make moves to give the strength to the team to say, all right, they believe in me, and if, if you do this, then you will get rewarded. Yeah. It also sent a message that if you don't have what they're looking for, you gone. And I thought that was a very strong statement when he traded away Doriel Green Beckham. I think Rick also brought up Taewon Taylor that happened this season, right before the year trading him to Cleveland because you could not count on him to catch the ball or be in the right spot. I, I think there's a lot of really good things that John Robinson has done. For me, the most important decision that he's made <clears throat> was not drafting Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry is the reason why they're in the AFC Championship game. So then why? But it's You're going to have to explain It's that. Ryan Tannehill. Making the move to get Ryan Tannehill for that insurance policy saved it all. Because without Ryan Tannehill, now John Robinson, all these good things that we've talked about, the 2016 draft class, uh, the, the free agent signings, extending Casey Lawan and Byard, and, and having Derrick Henry, having an identity, firing Malarkey to move on from Rabel. All those things mean a lot less without Ryan Tannehill. That's why Ryan Tannehill is the singular most important decision that John Robinson has made. Did he expect this to be the result in trading for Ryan Tannehill? I highly doubt that. No, well, you, based uh, on his yes, history, you I can't expect yes, that. Yes, but it was smart. It was being proactive. And I use the word proactive a lot. A lot of, a lot of organizations in sports, in non-sports, business in general, rarely are they proactive, they are reactive. And being reactive means something went wrong that you have to react to. Being proactive means you can move forward when something does go wrong because you were prepared for it. And John Robinson being proactive and, and Marcus Mariota not being the guy and having the ability and the mindset of this roster that I built is ready. Is Mariota ready? I don't know. If he's not ready, i got to have somebody who is, and that's Ryan Tannehill who has experience. So that's why I think Ryan Tannehill's trade is the most important thing John Robinson has, has done in his four years because of it makes everything look like it's worked. This, this doesn't happen. And I, it, maybe it's happened over the last several weeks, but I 100% agree with you. That is the correct answer. And... Because I think Derrick Henry can only take you so far. Derrick Henry is the best player in the team. But he can only... I don't know if he singularly... I think I don't think he singularly can take you to an AFC Championship game. The quarterback is the most important position in team sport. And whether it was proactive or reactive, you could argue that it was reactive after they lost 
because Blaine Gabbert wasn't good enough. And so you had to react to say, ah, our backup quarterback isn't good enough. We need another one. So that, that, but that's kind of getting but, in but, the weeds. Yeah. That, but, but that, but I do think that that singular game, week 17, and I love talking about this. A lot of Titans fans hate talking about this because I went nuts. I went crazy after week 17 because I thought Mariota could play and he chose not to because it was a business decision. It wasn't a team decision and he didn't play. That's fine. It's his prerogative, but they lost an opportunity to build on what they had been trying to grow at a foundation over the last couple of years. They made the playoffs. They beat Kansas City. The following year, they missed the playoffs to their arch rival, the, the Indianapolis Colts. And they missed the playoffs, and it, it kind of halts momentum. Not only did it halt momentum, I think for John Robinson, it started to question number eight. And once you start to question the most important piece on your team, then you start searching for somebody else, right? Once you start questioning the trust of your relationship, your eyes start getting wide and you start looking around and saying, okay, what else can I look at? He went out, he got Ryan Tannehill. It was a fabulous trade. But we saw this year, Austin, Ryan Tannehill is the reason why they are where they are. I think Derrick Henry could have gotten them to the playoffs alone. I think he played that well to get them to the playoffs. But I don't think with without Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota would have taken sack on sack on sack. He would have been scared to throw the, the football down the field because he's scared to make the interception or, or the, the almighty mistake. I think Mariota had good qualities, but I think his his, his bad qualities, uh, bad attributes outweighed everything to get them to where they are today. Yeah, so I sure. absolutely agree yeah, with you. And, and, Ryan Tannehill is the reason why they're in the AFC Championship yeah, game. Yeah, and, 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 well, Derek Henry in the playoff is the reason why they've won two playoffs games. But Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill is the Tannehill reason why they're in the AFC Championship game. That's what I was game. about to say, yes. Ryan, Derek Henry won two playoff games with a defense. Ryan Tannehill is the reason why they're here. Because without Ryan Tannehill finishing that year 7-3 and three as a starter... And, and throwing for 22 touchdowns, running for three others. Like, that's four others. That's ridiculous that Ryan Tannehill scored 25 touchdowns in a matter of 10 starts. And, like, that's insane. And that's he was throwing dimes. Like, Derrick Henry's greatness, and let's just call it what it is, the greatness over the last month and a half plus has been completely overshadowed of Ryan Tannehill's dime in Oakland he threw to A.J. Brown. Absolute dart to Ferkser in the back of the end zone on third and 10 against the New England Patriots. The frozen rope he threw to Khalif Raymond to put them up 14 points last week against Baltimore. Those throws Marcus Mariota cannot make. Hasn't been able to make. Yeah. Can't do it. Won't do it. I want winners type throws. That's what, what has separated this team from Anything else we've seen in the last decade as far as it's concerned of the Tennessee Titans? Ilon says, that bomb he threw last week to uh, Raymond for the touchdown was crazy. He goes, I didn't even cheer. I just stared at the TV. Uh, Christine says, the NFL went blind on the fact Tannehill can throw. They say every week that Tannehill needs to throw a lot more to win. Tannehill doesn't even need to throw when you have a running game. And I think the Ravens game and the New England game they look the same if you look at box scores. And a lot of people nationally look at box scores and don't actually understand how those two games went about. They're also very different. Like, Ryan Tannehill's performance against New England, very different than his performance against Baltimore, but very similar stats, okay? So, against New England, they missed on some plays late in that game, and they needed the passing game. They only scored 14 offensive points. But against Baltimore, Ryan Tannehill had, what, 88 passing yards? 72 of those passing yards came in the first 15 minutes of the game. And after that, they had a 14-point lead. And so that's why he didn't need to throw the rest of the game. So Ryan Tannehill was it was the reason why the Titans got up to a 14-0 lead. And Derrick Henry is the reason why the Titans closed with 28 points. And then also the reason why helping the defense keep Lamar off the field and really wear down the Ravens' defense as well. But Ryan Tannehill 
was instrumental in that game against the Ravens. If this was hockey and you were saying three stars of the game, I would put the third star of the game, uh, Darrell Casey. The second star of the game would be Ryan Tannehill. And the first star of the game would be Derrick Henry. Even though Ryan Tannehill only had 88 yards, but he had three touchdowns. Yeah, a lot of people, they go to the box store and they sit there and say, and look, it, national analysts do this. They do this all the time because they can't keep up, okay? Their job requirement is to know everything and they can't know half of what they want to know. And they go in there and be like, oh my gosh, well, Ryan Tannehill, he's only throwing the ball 15 times. He's not even thrown for 100 yards. Well, it's efficiency. It's quality yeah. over quantity. Okay? And that that the definition of, of the Baltimore Ravens game is just that. Quality, Ryan Tannehill. Quantity, Lamar Jackson, who threw the ball freaking 59 times. Like, they look at that and they don't even understand how the game is played. And th this is something that I, I will take pride in myself of over the years. Austin can recognize this. On When we do our game day show live at the mainstay, and we'll do this Sunday, come on out, everybody's invited, we're going to have a great crowd. But I sit there and I watch, I don't watch Red Zone. I'm actually kind of anti-Red Zone. I like watching the full game because I've got four TVs, four screens up on my computer screen on NFL Sunday Ticket, and I actually watch the drives. I figure out how they get to that point. I don't just watch, oh, they got in the Red Zone, how'd they score? The red zone's for fantasy people, and that's fine. But to actually know the ins and outs, and we have a ton of viewers and a ton of listeners that are Titans fans, they know the ins and outs of what the Titans are because they watch the full game every single week. And that, I think, that is meaningful when you're trying to diagnose why a team is what they are. Like we've talked about how John Robinson has built this. We've done the exact same thing. We haven't just said, oh, well, John Robinson, I mean, he came from New England. That's probably why they're winning. You know? You know, he, he learned from Belichick. That's right. the reason why. No. There's six different reasons, and they're all prioritized over the importance uh, of them, yeah. and there's a vision involved. So chronologically, the six things that John Robinson's done, I'll go through this really quickly again. Chronological order, which means the first to, to most recent. Uh, DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry creating the identity uh, in that first year. The Rams draft trade where the Titans got this haul. Jack Conklin, Derrick Henry, Austin Johnson, Corey Davis, and Jonu Smith. It's a lot of touchdowns in that, in that group there. Firing Malarkey to hire Vrabel, <clears throat> taking the culture to the next level. Massive contract extensions for Casey Lewan and Byard, getting paid to create that foundation. The Ryan Tannehill trade, uh, the insurance policy turned lifesaver. And the 2019 draft class with these five rookies, <clears throat> Simmons, AJ, Nate Davis, Hooker, and David Long, all playing big-time, important snaps in the AFC Championship game and helping this team win two playoff games. And we will really won't know what that draft class really means until about four years from now. But I can already tell you right now, David Long is a player. David Long is a steal in the sixth round. Jalen Brown separated his shoulder against the Patriots, and everybody goes, oh, crap. But guess what? And then he missed the game against the Ravens, and everybody was like, oh, crap. But David Long was the guy who stopped Lamar Jackson on the initial fourth down play that got the Titans up 14-0 bomb from Tannehill to Raymond. David Long is just getting started. Amani Hooker was out there playing a lot of snaps in that 6-DB set. We know what Nate Davis has done. He's improved a lot to being your starting guard. A.J. Brown, Jeffrey Simmons, self-explanatory. John Robinson has hit on five of those guys. Yeah. To, have, to be immediate impact players the rookie year. And, and A.J. Brown, who we're about to talk about, you know what? A.J. Brown really hadn't done much in the last two games. I mean, the most important games in the last two weeks, A.J. Brown... He's flown, had 22 yards. Flown under the radar. 22 total yards in the last two games. But you know what? They've won. One, they won convincingly against the Ravens and their defense. This is why this team is in the AFC Championship game is because they can fall back on so many different facets of the team. Like, when you have to fall back on weakness, this is what I'm curious. When we diagnose this Titans-Chiefs game tomorrow and in the pregame right before the game on Sunday, is the Chiefs have so many great qualities, like Patrick Mahomes, their offense, Tyreek Hill, the experience of Andy Reid, all that stuff. But they also they have extreme like bad things about their football team. Their run defense is putrid. It's not good. Like They, they struggle mightily there. The Titans really don't 
struggle mightily in one singular place anymore. That was not the same at the beginning of the year. Now, one thing, there's some things, there's some variables that we just don't know. I don't know what Greg Joseph is or isn't, right? So he may be one of their weaknesses, but they haven't had to rely on him in a key moment of the game. And if they want to beat Kansas City, they can't rely on Greg Joseph. They have to rely on scoring touchdowns. And by the way, the Titans 11 for 11 scoring touchdowns in the red zone since week 13. That's stupid. That's impressively good. I saw this from Next Gen Stats this morning about the Titans and Chiefs. The Titans had the most plays with a ball carrier reaching 20 miles per hour this season. With 18 different plays where a ball carrier for the Titans reached 20 miles per hour. The Chiefs were second in that stat with 16 plays. Uh, actually, they were tied for with the Niners for third most. So, that's nuts. The Titans, the fastest team in the NFL with the ball in their hands. And that's a credit to Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown, that's Khalif Raymond, that's Jonu Smith, believe it or not. Like, Jonu Smith with a ball in his hands is dynamic. Derrick Henry, uh, without even Derrick Henry, the Titans have three of the top six uh, guys who break tackles in the league with Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, and Jonu Smith. And then there's Derrick Henry. That's just insanely impressive on the dynamic, speed, powerful options, explosive ability the Titans have on offense. Jim White just tweeted this out before we get to AJ Brown. Uh, he kind of goes to where I wanted, what I wanted to say. It's supposed to be 22 degrees in Kansas City, Missouri. No, beautiful. Yeah, be- yeah. It's supposed to be nice. It's just going to be cold. No, I'm talking about 22 degrees is beautiful. Well, it's not going to rain. That was my point. Is it's going to be nice, but. I think here's the theme, and this has been happening for a couple of weeks now. We've heard this on the internet. We've heard this on our televisions. Nobody wants to play the Tennessee Titans. Like, you can't say the same thing about the other teams. Now, yeah, they have a better resume, right? They ended the this regular season with a better record, the 49ers, Packers, and Chiefs. They have probably better quarterbacks. They do. But... Nobody wants to really play the Titans. You know why? why because they don't really understand. They understand the style of it, but they're not used to the style of playing against football teams the way that the Titans run the ball effectively, play good defense. Like when they do throw the ball deep, they suck you up because you're trying to stop 22 and then they kill you on the outside. And we don't, they have not even unleashed. Their best weapon besides Derrick Henry, which is A.J. Brown, yeah, who is a, a game-breaker. I mean, he is literally a game-breaker. He has eight different 40-plus-yard plays. <laughs> Sean Gill says everyone sleeps on the passing threats for Tennessee. A.J. can break for 100, at any, 100 yards at any point. Raymond can smoke you. Corey Davis has the potential to break one at any moment. Uh, Sharp can get you that third and five plus every time. That's not even mentioning Johnny Smith, Sean. I mean, you're right. And then you just left out like Johnny Smith making the catch of the year. The most improbable touchdown uh, of the Titan for the Titans in the last three years was that Johnny Smith one-handed grab in the back of the end zone. Here, I think, is the best case scenario, and this is looking ahead of things. Yeah. But the best case scenario for the Titans. It's, it's going to be a winter's chill of 22 uh, in Kansas City. Awesome. That that benefits the Tennessee Titans because of Derrick Henry. The other thing that they would want, if they do win, they want it to rain like cats and dogs down in Miami like it did back when Peyton won the Super Bowl against Sexy Rexy and the Chicago Bears to muck up that game and make it a grinded-out, pounded-out type game. Because it goes back to the point Nobody wants to play the Tennessee Titans because they're not used to that style of football. True. A to Z Sports here uh, on uh, Wednesday. We'll get to throw in shade, but we do have a couple things we want to get to before that. And we want to spend more time discussing A.J. Brown because of what happened yesterday with a Rookie of the Year award that A.J. Brown did not get. So we'll discuss that here in a second. But first, let me tell you guys about RentersWarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. RentersWarehouse.com will show you how much your home can rent for. Because selling your house is a one-time transaction. Renting your house out to others does two things for you. You create an extra cash flow for you and your family. And you continue to build equity in the home that you already own. And if you want to build real wealth, I'm talking about actual wealth, sustainable wealth, 
Owning property is the way to do that. That goes a long way. Renterswarehouse.com does everything for you. That's find the tenants, warranty those tenants, uh, collect the checks, go on all the maintenance calls. They do all of that. You just sit back and have the money come to you. Renterswarehouse.com is where to turn. A to Z Sports, we are powered by TennesseeTickets.com. If you want to go to the AFC Championship game, we are hooking you up with $30 off. The promo code is AFC30. That's AFC30. You'll get 30 bucks off at checkout at TennesseeTickets.com. Get those tickets today. Yes, A to Z Sports here on a Wednesday. A.J. Brown, this is could be a little bit of early shade. A.J. Brown, not named Pro Football Writers of America's Rookie of the Year. So that's different. Clarify. That, yeah, so, so there's multiple Rookies of the Year. The Pro Football Writers of America, where Buck Rising and our Luke Warsham are members of, they vote for their own awards. And then there's the Associated Press Awards and the NFL Honors Awards that will come out the Saturday night right before Super Bowl Sunday. So A.J. Brown still has a chance to win the NFL's Rookie of the Year, but the Pro Football Writers of America gave that to Oakland running back Josh Jacobs. That was the Offensive Rookie, offensive of, rookie of the Year. So the, 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 you got you to you clarify this yes. because this is important. Uh, Josh Jacobs won the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Nick Bosa won the Defensive Rookie of the Year. And for the NFL's, or the Players' Writers Association... They uh, Nick Bosa also won the overall rookie of the year. As it gets closer, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I don't think A.J. Brown is going to win this award. It's disappointing, but expected at the same time. Just because A.J. Brown plays in Nashville for the Tennessee Titans. Nick Bosa played at Ohio State. Was a and is a long list of Bosa's in the NFL. AJ Brown, no offense, Zach, you understand it. Played at Ole Miss uh. on a five and seven football team. Yeah, and Nick Bosa was playing in the playoff and playing in massive games on big time networks where Ole Miss was stuck on SEC Network at three p.m. kickoffs. And AJ Brown was not eligible for a bowl game. Yeah, that year. a lot of reasons. And then San Francisco, best team in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers. And then Josh Jacobs comes in. The Oakland Raiders greater than Tennessee Titans when it comes to national exposure. Also, Alabama greater than Ole Miss when it comes to national and exposure. I, and I think those and are influenced. running back greater than wide receiver when it comes to national exposure. Because there's no way if you put up head-to-head Josh Jacobs and A.J. Brown side-by-side in a comparison of stats of impact on their team. The Titans made the playoffs. The Raiders didn't. Josh Jacobs had a phenomenal rookie year. And if you go back and listen to Buck Rising 615 sessions where he talked to Will Compton after the Raiders season was over, I thought there was some really good stuff from Compton about uh, what Josh Jacobs is and how he plays. And he's going to be good. But A.J. Brown has more touchdowns, bigger plays, and had a more impact on his team because Josh Jacobs got hurt. Josh Jacobs got hurt and missed a few games down the stretch. Important games where the Raiders started hot and crumbled to the finish where the Titans were the opposite way around, and A.J. Brown was a big part of that. Yeah, and I think I think A.J. Brown is just... I thought that if he would have had really big games against New England and against Baltimore, that does showcase him a little bit more. But I, I ultimately... I thought that he's going to get Rookie of the Year, but now that I've kind of stepped back out, out of the season, right? You're kind of in the season. Yeah, in, and you're look, not in the moment. And there's no bigger fan of A.J. Brown than this guy right Well, and, and I'll say this, because somebody says once A.J. and the Titans win the Super Bowl, he'll win that honor. It, the playoffs don't count. Like, D.K. Yeah. Metcalf putting up crazy numbers for the Seahawks in a couple games, that doesn't matter for Rookie of the Year, because like MVP is a regular season award. Like, it's already been voted on. Like, Lamar Jackson's going to get the MVP, even if Derrick Henry runs for 200 Sunday and 200 in the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter uh, that Lamar Jackson will be the NFL MVP regular season award. Yeah, and so I think this is my prediction. I think that uh, Nick Bosa will win the NFL Honors Rookie of the Year. Right, but Offensive Rookie of the Year is where... I've always thought Bosa was going to get the nod National like Overall Rookie of the Year because of the things I mentioned earlier a couple minutes ago. 
But AJ Brown deserves Offensive Rookie of the Year. Like if that that that's what AJ Brown needs to get. He needs to get at the NFL Honors. NFL's offensive rookie of the but year. they're biased, and the reason why, and the best here's the best, and I, I don't like, I don't like necessarily talking about this guy all the time because of kind of how he acts and who he is. But he was right. Now I don't on the on the other side of it, I don't know how the way that he acted, but To To's a great example. To's a first ballot Hall of Famer, okay, but he wasn't. Why? Because somebody had a vendetta. Somebody had a difference of opinion of how he handled himself. They were skewed of not the play on the field and the actual quality of a football player that he was, but they were influenced about other things. I think in this case, the Writers Association, and possibly, I don't know, we'll find out the NFL honors here in a couple of weeks of what happens with their offensive rookie of the year. I think that they will get influenced by the Josh Jacobs thing. Because it's the Tennessee Titans and the market. And if you voted on these things, you don't you can't really see what the Tennessee Titans team really was. They're a pretty damn good football team. Yeah. And they've shown that over the last couple of weeks, knocking out Tom Brady and knocking out the MVP in back-to-back weeks in must-win games. I think that they will be influenced, and unfortunately, I hope this is not the case, but I wouldn't be surprised if A.J. Brown gets snubbed Saturday, the Saturday night before the Super Bowl when they hand out these awards. Now, I'll be ticked off, and I don't think that that will be correct, but I also, you look at the history of how people are influenced, T.O.'s the greatest example. He's one of the greatest wide receivers of all time in this game. Yeah. And he got he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer? Are you kidding me? That makes zero sense. And what will probably make zero sense if it does happen is A.J. Brown not getting the Offensive Rookie of the Year at NFL Honors. All right, A to Z Sports, Chris asked, how many 100-yard games did Josh Jacobs have this year? Uh, Dwayne said 10, which is not correct. Josh Jacobs had five uh, 100-yard games this year, the same amount of 100-yard games that A.J. Brown had this year. Each had five 100-yard games. Overall, A.J. Brown had nine total touchdowns, eight receiving that one rushing touchdown against uh, the Saints. And then uh, Josh Jacobs had seven rushing touchdowns, zero receiving touchdowns. But Josh Jacobs uh, only played in 13 games because Dwayne's right on this. Josh Jacobs is a tough SOB because he played with a broken shoulder for a few games before he had to really miss a couple there down, down the stretch. So Josh Jacobs is going to be a really good running back in the NFL for the next few years. But A.J. Brown is the most deserving Offensive Rookie of the Year for this past season. And here is my case. As you know, I wanted the Titans to draft A.J. Brown like six months before they drafted him. Felt like he was the guy. He has proved his value. Predicted that they would the night before. But here's, if I was voting, this is what I would look at. I would look at, and you, you talked about it to start. How did Josh Jacobs impact his team in a positive way? Well, they lost down the stretch. The Tennessee Titans won down the stretch to get to the playoffs, and A.J. Brown had a massive impact in that. Down the stretch, influenced in the wins for the Titans to even get to the, that point. Well, let's start with the Raiders in Oakland. A.J. Brown had a massive game to help them win and beat Oakland and separate themselves in the in-the-hunt graphic down the stretch. The Jaguars, a couple of weeks before, he led the team in receiving, had 135 uh, yards and a touchdown, yeah. helped them demolish and thrash the Jaguars down the stretch. The last game of the year, impacted against the Texans in Houston, had that m massive catch and run touchdown. That helped the Titans make the playoffs. Well, All of these things yeah. are the reasons why A.J. Brown should win Offensive Rookie well, of the Year. In the last six games for the Titans, A.J. Brown had six total touchdowns of his nine, and he had four of his five 100-yard games in the last six games where Josh Jacobs... The, the Raiders lost five of their last six games in part because Josh Jacobs was injured and not able to do much. Um, so that's, that's like the Titans had to backdoor their way into the playoffs. We know that. And A.J. Brown was a big reason with Derrick Henry of how they were at, even they, actually able to execute. Yeah, how they were even at that door. Like they, they, the Raiders were at home sucking their thumbs with John Gruden, you know, doing Chucky faces. They had plenty of time on their hands. The Titans were actually in the hunt 
all, like right there at the door, and then they busted it down, and that's why they're in the AFC Championship. Right, it is Z Sports here live on a Wednesday. Still have throwing shade to get to. I'm very excited about my shade. I'll just tease you with that. But we do want to hit on another story that I think shocked a lot of the NFL people uh, last night when Luke Keekley just reti- up and retired uh, from the NFL uh, at the age of 28. Zach, I'm 29 years old. Luke Keekley hangs it up at the age of 28 in a growing trend around the NFL. I want to get your feelings about what happened with Luke Keekley last night. But first, I want to tell you guys about Mandu. Mandu is the pulse of fitness. I just mentioned I'm 29 years old. I could honestly say I'm in the best shape of my life at age 29. My body fat percentage is lower than it was in high school when I was actually a, a, a high school athlete in basketball and football. My I'm more athletic. I'm not as jumpy as I used to be. No, like, that, I don't know if I can that, dunk the basketball. That's true. But that's I'm, true. look, I'm 10 years older plus than that. But I'm in the best shape of my life because Mandu has showed me how to achieve my fitness goals. Because one 15-minute workout at Mandu simulates five-plus hours in the weight room. I, I don't have time to spend that amount, of, that amount of hours in the gym every week like I used to in high school because I was doing that. But like, I, I can spend 15 minutes at Mandu, no problem, and move on. I can go in between business meetings. 15 minutes, no big deal. Shower in there in their nice facilities after that, no problem. Mandu.com, your first workout, is absolutely free. Uh, and the in-body analysis really changes and opens your mind because you can see exactly what your body needs. Needs more of, needs less of, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. The in-body analysis changes everything too along with Mandu. So the science is real. Mandu.com, your first workout's free. AFC Sports, we're powered by TennesseeTickets.com. You want to go to the AFC Championship game, use that promo code AFC30. That's AFC30 to save $30 at checkout. We're, we're saving you big-time cash. AFC 30 if you want to go to the game this weekend. So Luke Keekley retires at the age of 28. Crazy. He's made $60 million plus. That's a big reason of why he's able to hang it up. But there is a growing trend. It started with Patrick Willis. Then there was Chris Borland, who's a little bit different than the other guys. Chris Borland retiring after his second year, I believe, at age 24 because of fear of concussions and CTE. But then, so Calvin Johnson, Patrick Willis, and then in the last calendar year, really, it's been Rob Gronkowski, Andrew Luck right before the season, and now Luke Keekley. All of these guys retiring in their prime, playing some of their best football. Remember that audio that Deshaun Watson told everybody about why he was missing on some deep throws down the field and really explained the whole process to the media member earlier this year? He talked about how when you have Luke Keekley covering the entire underneath, it's hard to, to, to find room to throw. Luke Keekley was special in his eight years as an NFL middle linebacker, was one of the best every single year. Battled concussions, battled other injuries, but I was not expecting to see Luke Keekley hang it up at 28 when he had $11 million for next year to make. What was your kind of reaction to that? It was less surprising. Like these things are starting to happen, as you referenced. So when they happen more often, I'm less surprised. Now, it affects the franchise, right? Ask the Colts. They missed the playoffs because Andrew Luck wasn't playing, right? The Patriots, they weren't the same team because Gronk. It influences how the the trajectory of a franchise goes because when you sign a contract, you say, look, I'm in, right? My word is my bond. Ah, there's my signature. That means something. But... You also have that preference as a human being in America to say, all right, I'm going to step away. And so it's less surprising. And all those guys you named, smart individuals. You can question Gronk of being this meat stick. No, but he's Gronk, very smart. Gronk is very smart. Like, he's very intelligent. All those guys you listed all have very high, high IQs. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, that shows me the most. Now, I'll go on the other side, and you can take it for what it was. I don't necessarily think I think Marshawn Lynch is successful, but there may be a reason why he keeps coming back, right? <laughs> he keeps coming back and wanting to get hit. It's the same way. I like, I'm not going to call Floyd Mayweather stupid, but he keeps coming back. He has plenty irres- of money. He's irresponsible with his money, so, so he keeps needing more. Right. But Maybe Marshawn Lynch is the same way. I don't know. All of these guys, I'm pretty confident, have taken care of their money, so they don't need football. And once you realize in life, you don't need to do something. Your focus starts to change towards something else. 
You get a wife, you get a kid, then all of a sudden you get multiple kids. You start wanting to be a part of their lives. You don't want to be a vegetable later, so you start thinking about your own health. You want to take vacations and cruises. You want to do all these different activities. You want to travel the world. You know how you, when you can't travel the world, when you have to be at practice at Tuesday on Tuesday at 6 a.m. to watch film, you can't do all of those things. So if you are financially stable, it changes your mindset. I've talked about this on this show, and this is unfortunate, but I'm honest with myself. If I win the lottery, and I play the lottery, I don't play it often, but if I ever won Dabble. and I won $500 million, I wouldn't do this show. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would quit, and I would I would probably send a, a similar video like Luke Keekley to explain why I'm no longer going to be a part of A to Z Sports. Now, I'd set up you'd Austin. You have to settle with I, me. I'd set up Austin fine, but you know what? I'd start my world travel trip. That's what I would do. And I'm honest with myself. If we ever make a ton of money, your, your, your mindset changes. I mean, it just does. Austin, Austin's mindset changes or has changed since he's gotten married. It should. It absolutely should influence. And I think Andrew Luck, Luke Keekley, Patrick Willis, all of the Calvin Johnson, all these guys, their mindsets change. How do you think it impacts the NFL? Because as you know, I think, the careers will become shorter long as the money gets bigger with TV revenue. I think careers will get shorter because guys will say I made my money. And as the players of generations past get older and deteriorate and we start to see, like I was watching the college football national title game, like we all were. And at when they showed the top 10 players of all time in college football, you had, Somebody could not, uh, Gale Sayers could not be there because of the health issues he's dealing with. Earl Campbell could not stand. Jim Brown was holding himself up with a cane. You start, you see these guys and what they put their bodies through. And I'm watching Earl Campbell and I'm like, this guy was an absolute bulldozer. And he's paying for it because Earl Campbell is not that old. Earl Campbell's really not that old. And he cannot stand up. And Jim Brown is older, and he is struggling to stand. Roger Staubach looked great because he's a quarterback. and just out there waving hands and everything. But it's it, And Gail Sayers, not that old, but could not be there. And so you start to see more of that. those guys and guys after them deteriorate. And you say, my money is great. I'm fine. I've made my career. I don't need this anymore. So while I think football, like, will there always will be another guy. The NFL and, and the NFL I, will move on. The, the NFL, NFL's wheels will keep turning. It's an immovable object. But I, and in 50 years, it will be the greatest sport in America, just like it is right now. It will be the most popular sport in America in 50 years, just like it is right now. It's immovable. Yeah, the safety issue. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. It's like Apple and Amazon. Those they're monopolies. I mean, that's what they are. And. The funny thing is, the NFL is a non-profit monopoly. Yeah, and Chad fun. says they're all 65-plus. Earl Campbell's 64 years old and can barely walk. Like, it, 64 is not that old. Yeah, well, in today's age with modern medicine, the average lifespan of a man and a woman is greater than it was 40 years ago. I mean, it just is. You see more people living in their 80s and their 90s than used to. The average age was like, you know, 72. You die. Like, just because of where we've come. It's not surprising. This is where I, like, on the safety issue, it's very, con it's common sense. I don't know why some people don't have common sense. If you continue to hit your head, which holds your brain, the most important thing, you kill the head, the body will die. Greg Williams, quote, unquote. Not wrong. If you continue to hit the most important piece of your body, the probability of it messing up over time is probably a higher percentage. Like, do you not realize that? Now, a lot of people realize that, and the money's so great that it doesn't matter, but I think more people are starting to say, okay, I've hit my head, the most important piece of my body, enough. I need to stop. So maybe I don't lose my, my, my train of thought or my voice or get dementia or uh, Alzheimer's or CTE or whatever, 
Maybe I don't get that at 65. I get it at 75 or 80 or something. I delay the inevitable if it is, in fact, the inevitable. There are people that play football and that hit hard that don't have any repercussions, and they should be you know, thanking God they're yes. lucky. But it's not surprising. You hit your head enough, something's going to happen. It just is. You, it's stupid. That's how things work. Yeah, but the other thing is you could go through your entire life without playing sports and still conduct a disease or cancer or, or, you know, dementia or whatever. So it's, it's a, it's a decision that an individual has to make at an early age and also a decision an individual has to make once they understand that I can move on from this and still be okay. Dwayne says, Austin, you're the same age as Keekly. Imagine having to tackle running back over 500 times a year. Well, it's not 500 times a year. That's ridiculous. But I get that. The fact that Luke Keekly has had a lot of collisions in his career. Look, I'm 29 years old. I'll turn 30 in a few months. My shoulder started acting up back last summer because of what happened to me 13 years ago playing high school football. It took, like, it seriously, like, that my shoulder's jacked up because of that. And I'm going to have to have shoulder surgery probably in the next five years because of something that happened in high school. That's high school. That's nothing. That's nothing compared to four years of college and however many years in the NFL. Funny follow-up story before we get to Shade. We talk about all these players exiting because of football. Larry Fitzgerald says, Arizona is where I started and where I will finish. 2020, let's get to work. He's coming back. So Larry Fitz has a different mindset. Wide receiver, different position. Now, Larry, Larry Fitz. Uh, ask that to uh, Austin Collie. Well, yeah, but, well, and that's. <laughs> or and, Jordan and, Reed. Well, and Calvin Johnson. And Calvin Johnson got ruined by the Lions and his ankles. and his. So Larry Fitzgerald I, has been very lucky. He's been one of the guys who's who's been able to avoid, like, big-time injuries. And he's kept his body very healthy and has not taken a lot of hits like Calvin Johnson was just dragged on for however many years because he was so big, you ca- he got shacked. You know, like, mm. he's so big, you have to, like, beat him up every time if you want to cover him. You know who else is lucky as all get out? Eric Weddle. Yeah. Eric Weddle had his first surgery in his career, and it was like a, 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 a torn meniscus. Like, like, Eric Weddle. He'll be back in four, five weeks. Eric Weddle, Larry Fitzgerald, outliers. Like, everybody else, like, that. that's not how they, that's, like, Mike Vrabel says the injury rate in the NFL is 100%. He says that for a reason. Because even Eric Weddle got hurt and had to have a surgery. It took him a dozen years of playing the NFL for it's it to crazy. happen, which is crazy, but it still happened. It's 100%. All right, guys, it's time to throw some shade. I've I've sifted through my text messages, and I have found some shade. You've gone through your shade magic bucket? I have gone through my shade magic bucket, and my, my shade's actually funny. It goes to the state of two sports franchises. And it goes to marketing, which you know I do love. You love use of marketing. And they both gave valiant efforts. One succeeded. One utterly failed. All right, A to Z Sports throwing shade here on the show every Wednesday to end the show. But first, let me tell you guys about Tennessee tickets. Promo code AFC30. If you're still looking for Titans Chiefs tickets and they're still out there, TennesseeTickets.com will save you money. Don't go to StubHub. Don't go to Ticketmaster. You're just going to spend extra money and fees. An example that we saw, two lower bowl seats on StubHub had $320 worth of fees for this game where at Tennessee Tickets you would save $150 because they don't have fees. So just because on StubHub it says it's $500, for example, doesn't mean it's going to be $500 when you hit that go to checkout button. If it's $580 at Tennessee Tickets, it's going to be $580 when you hit that checkout button. So you will save money and code AFC30. That's AFC30. Saves you another $30 at checkout. All right. Would you like me to go first, Austin? Uh, I'll go ahead and go first because okay. I think mine is has been a viral moment. I'm throwing shade on LSU. Not for smoking cigars inside the Superdome like we talked about yesterday, but for trying to say that Odell Beckham Jr. was handing out fake money to LSU players on the field after winning the national title. Yes, Odell Beckham Jr., who signed the richest contract in wide receiver history, who's got millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars annually for his contract with his endorsements. Yeah, 
Odell Beckham Jr. is carrying around a bunch of fake Monopoly money while he's at the national championship game in New Orleans for his alma mater. Give me a break. Nobody's buying that, LSU. But is that even worth a good try? Is that good effort on LSU to say it was fake money? What? No. One, I think holding around fake money, it's, it's illegal. It's counterfeit. It, yeah, it, it, it wasn't colored. It wasn't like pink and yellow and orange like Mono- and blue like your Monopoly money. Well, the only thing that he could have, and I'm going to take this a step further, is if the dollar bills had Odell Beckham Jr.'s face on them. Then that would be fake money and funny. It'd be gag money. Yeah, but that's... I, I, I'm with you, but... There's I, no I, way I, like, he was if I'm If I'm LSU PR, money. I'm trying to come up with something too, you know? You have to. Odell Beckham, $13 bills? Is is that the best you can come up with? $13 bills? Oh, that's so ridiculous. OBJ? So ridiculous. I'm just, uh, again, I'm not trying to support it, but if I were going to make a case, that's what I would say. Yes. And you know what? I would just print something out real quick and then put it out there to the public and say... Orlando says it could have been uh, prop money off Amazon. Again, it's not like, yeah, there's fake money out there that you could get, but the fact that Odell Beckham Jr., who makes probably brings in altogether NFL and endorsements 25 mil a year. You think that guy has fake money off of Amazon? No. Odell's got stacks of bin of like real the real thing on his person at all times. This sets up two great stories. I'm going to tell my shade and then I'm going to tell a story about one of my friends and how his brother ruined Christmas. And I will t- this is a this is a great great story. I won't name any names. Here's my shade, though. All right. We're going to go to Madison Square Garden. Okay. The Knicks. The Knicks are an awful organization. All right. Jim Dolan should fire himself. They're awful. So, a guy named Anthony Peterson at halftime, you know how they they do those half-court shots? Yeah. You you make the half-court shot, and you win a prize. Well, we're going to go over to the West Coast in L.A. for the Lakers, a guy won $100,000. It was sponsored by a casino for making a half-court shot. A hundred grand, okay? Yeah. That's a great promotion. Well, the Knicks, I guess they're down on their luck because their promotion was that if you make a half-court shot, you get $1,000 worth of scratch-off tickets. What? Yes. So this guy makes the half-court shot, gets $1,000 worth of scratch-offs, and gets $570 from those scratch-offs. That's weak. He's quoted as saying, I was like, what the F, man? Some dude just won 100 k doing some, the same stuff in L.A., and I get bum-ass lottery tickets. It's still a blessing, though. It's like a half-court shot is basically like playing the lottery. So you played the lottery to win the, to win the opportunity to play the lottery again. You're just making your odds worse and worse. That is the worst thing ever. It's a definition of cheap. Shade on you, New York Knickerbockers. Like, Shade I'll on you. I'll say this. My cousin, when he was in high school, one of my cousins, he's the youngest of all of the cousins on that side of the family. He was in high school, and our high school, same high school, he had a chance to hit a half-court shot at the halftime of a basketball game, and it was sponsored by Papa John's, and he hit it, and he won free pot- Papa John's pizza for a year. That's better than what the Knicks did. That's better than five hundred seventy dollars. Yeah, and that was a high school. Like, give us a break. Yeah, that's the worst marketing PR move. That's awful. They should be ashamed of this. Orlando says Knicks don't have a hundred k. Maybe not. Maybe not. So this leads me into my funny story that has to do with your story and my story. Okay. All right. One of my good friends. uh, He's actually he's a Marine. He came back in town for the holidays, and he told me a story that. His brother ruined Christmas. So he's got, uh, he's got a, a pretty big family where his sister, he married with a couple of kids, and they all do this exchange gift. Sure. Right? Everybody's done it. Everybody brings a gift. It's not a gag gift, but you spend about you know $75 on something nice, you know, and you exchange it, and sure. it's a fun game. Yeah. Well, his brother decided to bring three lottery tickets. That are three scratch-offs. That was going to be his gift. Because there's like a money right, cap. Yeah. Right, so that's the cap. So the person that gets it is his brother-in-law, his sister's husband. So he gets the three lottery tickets, the scratch-offs. Nobody wants them. Nobody's going to trade for that, right? He scratches them off. 
And one of them, he wins $25,000. 25K. So everybody's like, oh my gosh. So the brother's like, well, I mean, I bought the ticket, so maybe I should be entitled to the money. And Some of it? Yeah. And so they're going back and forth. So for like 15 or 20 minutes, the room's buzzing. The kids are like, oh my God. The wife's like, 25K. I mean, you got two kids, $25,000. That goes a long way. Yeah, it does. Long way. Well, 15 minutes passed. Things kind of settled down. And then he does the, oh, yeah, it's a fake ticket. It's a gag gift. Everybody's like, what the F? Are you kidding me? People have just bought nice gifts for everybody else. And you decided to get a gag gift. A fake lottery ticket. And he let the thing ride out for 15 minutes. It wasn't like a, uh, get your laugh in and get out. He let the thing linger. Ruined Christmas. I mean, everybody was upset. That's like big mad. Yeah, that's big mad. You go from seeing like high of emotion of a $25,000 scratch off. You've got kids to pay for. And then all of a sudden you get zero. You get nothing. That is, that's why it, it interjects Odell Beckham's fake money and my scratch off ticket. That's really funny. That uh, Ethan says, banned from the family. Yeah. yeah Orlando how... says, meet me outside, pal. <laughs> I wanted to tell that story. I've told that that's, story. That's incredible. I've, t- I've told that story a couple of times uh, since he's told me to other people, and I get the same reaction. That's how I know it's a good story. Well, yeah, and you, you've definitely told it a few times because you delivered it very well. well I mean, that's, that's just how. Oh, uh, man. That's and uh, Tony says he's fallen for that same trick. Unfortunately, <laughs> that sucks. It's it's like Dumb and Dumber after he eats the peppers and he's like, "Oh, you got got!" and he's dying right there. It's like it's a goof, man. It's just a goof. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's awful. Uh, so luckily, uh, that's your Christmas too much. is like that. That's too much. Yeah, it is. All right, guys. You gotta have at least like some actual real lottery tickets to go along with. Yeah, you have, but he didn't. He just he just called it like it was. Uh, All right, guys. Great show. Uh, I thought today was a very good show of kind of figuring out how the Titans have gotten to the AFC Championship game over the last several years. Tomorrow, a Titans Thursday, we'll get more ingrained in the actual Titans versus Kansas City matchup. So look forward to that. We'll have some good questions, good comments. Plus, we're going to go live here in a couple of hours. We've got a cool feature that we want to kind of show off to you with another Titans topic that we'll talk about. So make sure your live notifications are on. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're growing like crazy. The community is getting bigger. Everybody is welcome to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. So make sure you follow us and give us a like, and we will continue to give out really good content. All right, guys, have a great start to your Wednesday. We'll see you here in a few hours. Uh, Thanks for watching. We'll see you later. Adios.